Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Lord Samuel Dow of Trap Game. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's such an honor to be recognized in the land of Scotland, uh, the land of Scots, if you will, uh, as being uh, truly recognized as my identity has allowed me to be uh, Lord Samuel Dow. Uh, Lord of plot number... What the fuck is that? <laughs> 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 okay, I guess the first number is the letter F, but plot F five four nine two three zero. My first order of business as Lord of that plot number is I claim this plot in the name of Trap Game. Nice. <laughs> as Lord of Trap Game, I will require uh allies of uh military, social and financially supportive. Mm. And I open the floor to nominations of pledges of these uh, of these positions. My liege, <laughs> I pledge allegiance. <laughs> I uh, I offer my servitude to you, uh, Lord Trap Daddy. <laughs> I hereby name you vassal of the trap game. Good. <laughs> And this know, is a legally um, binding contract. I okay. am officially Lord Samuel Dow. I've got a whole PDF uh, the, a certificate and everything. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I've been... I'm not sure uh, if we've discussed this in the past, but I have been inundated with the same advertisements yeah. for lordship <laughs> in Scotland. And yeah. I have to say, I mean, their their marketing strategy makes it seem very enticing. But I'm just... I'm satisfied with being a vassal, at least... For yeah. Now. <laughs> well, I the only the the deciding factor of going through with uh, the lordship uh, was that it was two for one lordships. Uh-huh. Uh, so so me and my dad went Dutch on a Scottish lordship. You went Dutch on a Scottish lordship? What? Yeah. <laughs> Do you not know the 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 phrase of going Dutch? No. Oh, that's when you. I don't. <laughs> when Feel you sort me. of like. Uh, it's when each person like pays towards the same thing. Okay, I was about to it's say like spl- it's like splitting the bill. I was about to say, you but it was probably... a joke about being Dutch and doing a Scottish lordship. I see, I see. So you're Dutch slash Scottish. You're not like a pure bred Scottish. <laughs> I'm pure nothing. I'm pure trash. <laughs> I was about to say you've probably contributed more financial capital to the trap game. Than I have, <laughs> and I'm your vassal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can pay me back. Although I have laid down some fucking beats for you in the past. So That's true. You're welcome. The uh, <laughs> the the backing support that every trap lord needs. That I put like uh, such minimal effort into, <laughs> and they show, <laughs> and it shows that that is the case. But you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, me neither. 
Should we jump into some putting, news? Putting low effort into things is the trap way. <laughs> it's true. I've just dissed an entire genre. Yeah. Should we jump into some news? Yeah. Yeah. You we'll, go first we'll the first mine, time. Mine's pretty time. boring, so. Uh, so my first news is probably... Uh, I was going to say the most tragic news of the year, but there's been a lot of tragic news this year. Mm-hmm. And this one isn't even that bad. Uh, it's just that uh, the, the high, highly anticipated album of McCartney 3 has been delayed by one week. Just to be absolutely uh, clear, when you say highly anticipated, it's highly anticipated by you. <laughs> and, yes. And probably that one other guy on Spotify that received the advanced message for Paul McCartney 3. That's pretty much Correct. it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I was bummed, man. A whole seven days delayed. But honestly, uh, looking at the upcoming calendar of our recording schedule when we make our next few episodes, yeah. uh, it wouldn't like affect me talking about it on the podcast at all. It'll just affect my ability to listen to it seven days earlier. Okay. Well, it like delays your satisfaction then. Yeah. You're edging. Yeah. It's edging you. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my edge seat. Yeah. Edge, my lord. We could insert a U2 joke there, but it's not going to work. Yeah. It's not. It's. No, it's not. Don't work. push me. Because <laughs> I'm close to the edge. <laughs> Down by the river? Uh, sure. Uh, but oh, of other McCartney. Yes to that question. Okay, yes. Okay, good. Because it's a yes song. <laughs> okay. God damn it. Our simpatico is ruined. Let's just cancel the whole series. Yeah, we're canceled. This is now the series finale. It's been this is over party. <laughs> Hashtag. It was over before it ever even began. Yeah. I uh, So I was going to uh, follow up with the second piece of McCart news. Uh, so in the anticipation of the release of McCartney 3, uh, Paul McCartney is releasing uh, compilation EPs um, in the form of Spotify playlists. So he did one... I guess he has the second one out now. The first one was just called Home, uh, and it was uh, a blatant ripoff of the Aiden Clare album of the same name from a couple years back, but, uh, you know... I mean, he's written so many hit songs that he can only come up with so many. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm honored to have Sir Paul McCartney cover my tracks, even though that I'm, <laughs> I'm not as devoted of a fan as you are. And yeah. like, I'm sure a lot of other people are. I just, uh, it's not that I don't see the hype. Like, I remember when you introduced me to Ram. That was a good, that was a good record. I was actually pleasantly surprised by that. But um, still... Uh, um, not a McCarthyite. <laughs> uh, so this is absolutely the series finale. Oh yeah, <laughs> because we're done. It's the because series you are, finale. Of you our are friendship. banished. <laughs> Your banishment is reinstated. Friendship is o- friendship ended with Paul McCartney. Uh, anyways, the Schism. home EP. Uh, it's basically just a uh, you know a, a series of best of albums around different themes. Uh, a couple songs off Ram on there, which are good. Uh, a couple songs from his uh, other McCartney solo ones, a couple from Wings. Uh, and then he did a second one, a second uh, EP. I think it's called Holiday or Holidays. 
which is uh, themed around the holidays. So everyone's favorite Christmas song, uh, Wonderful Christmas Time, is, I believe, the first track on there. Oh, yeah. uh, and then other ones. You don't know that one? No, I said I do know that one. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, consider yourself lucky. Um, it's not a bad song, but it's just a Christmas song that will, uh, if you didn't know it before, you would be bum- bombastically bombarded with it uh, this holiday season. It is uh, grocery store core. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It is, it is ubiquitous at grocery stores and department stores. Uh, it, it's the B-side to uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh, fuck. I just remember yeah. I'm having flashbacks to I working don't want at for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Although um, it's got go the uh, uh, D minor 7 flat 5, so it is therefore a Christmas song. Which one? Uh, both of the ones that we discussed. Oh. <laughs> is that the uh, the prerequisite? Yeah, I think it was like Adam Neely or one of those like jazz YouTubers that made a video. It was like, what's the one chord that makes a Christmas song? And it's like D minor seven flat five. Even though the majority of Christmas songs that you know probably like don't have that kind of harmony. So yeah, and, and probably also sleigh bells are uh, they don't hurt to have those in there. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that, that, the, the, that was the, 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 the silver lining of the, uh, the bummer of McCartney three's delay. Um, I'm, uh, it's probably still going to be album of the year. I'm going to say that right now. Uh, unless you count, uh, uh, the album that I released this week that we'll talk about, uh, later on. But Actually, there were actually a lot of fucking sick albums released this year. Uh, there and were. I don't yeah. know. I don't entirely know because I can't say because I've never listened to any tracks off of Paul McCartney 3, whether it will be AOTY 2020. By GM. <laughs> I'm going to guess that it's probably not. <laughs> it's not no album offense. of the year? No offense. I know that I'm furthering the rift, uh, yeah. but uh, I'm, I'm contributing greater to the schism, which will so lead to So I would to like to announce finale. next week my solo podcast is coming out. <laughs> it'd be called uh, Spin I, That. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I'm hoping it'll be good. Like, I, I, in all full disclo- disclosure, I, I think McCartney 2 is just okay. Mm-hmm. And I think McCartney 1... McCartney one is, I mean, just called McCartney, but that one is growing on me. But I, I find that all of McCartney's albums, well, not all of them, but uh, most of the time hearing the album for the first time, I'm in a sort of take it or leave it position. And even this is kind of like sacrilege against myself. When I first listened to Ram, I was kind of like, yeah, it's, it's all right. I don't know what possessed me to listen to it a dozen more times when I thought it was just all right. But then I realized it was a masterpiece and then listened to it over a hundred more times. Yeah. Ram has a good vibe, but I would say, I would ask you this. Uh, so you would probably say that Paul McCartney is the best Beatle, correct? Uh, in terms of when he was in the Beatles, uh, I would say in general, holistically throughout their entire career, not just their contributions to the Beatles, but their solo yeah. career afterwards, like in totality. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. You know what? I'm actually... And in the Beatles, too, I would still say he was the best Beatle. I would say, like, he's probably the most prolific of solo Beatles. I mean, probably because 
uh, like one of them dies and the other is Ringo. Yeah. So, <laughs> and George Harrison. I, I, well, I mean, actually, sorry, yeah, two of them died and the other is Ringo. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's probably why he's been the most prolific in the post Beatle era. But yeah. so I would probably venture to say that he's probably the best Beatle. But that's only because George Harrison he's, was not as prolific. And I know, but in the in the Beatles, George Harrison's your favorite Beatle. Uh, probably in the context of the Beatles, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say uh, George Martin is the uh, fifth member of the Beatles, and I would place him. I, I but I would <laughs> you say, place him above Ringo. Would I place him above Ringo? George Martin. George Martin, yeah, sure. He was like a he was a fucking patrician guy. He he like wrote all of the string arrangements. He contributed to a lot of the more experimental aspects of the Beatles later catalog. Like that guy was uh, a fucking genius, I think. Well, I would say so. I, I mean, yeah. A lot of people would probably either not know of the contributions of George Martin. Um, to be fair, this is this is not the same uh, George Martin who uh, published the successful game of thrones series this is uh yeah uh he he doesn't have either r's as his middle initial as far as i know yeah nor george martin but uh yeah yeah i mean i know it's the edgy teenage position uh the friggin you know i'm i'm misunderstood The george harrison yeah that's he that's that like that's the fucking edgy teenager position is to say George Harrison is the yeah. best Beatle. I was but, gonna say he's the uh, he's the underrated pick that is somehow overrated now. Yeah. <laughs> but who would you the say reverse is, oration? Who would you say is the cutest Beatle? Oh, not Paul McCartney. Yeah, I would say he's probably. <laughs> I was probably, he's probably he's, George. He's probably last. <laughs> he's not a, a handsome fella. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'd like probably fuck back. him so, but. <laughs> Way back, some of them, some of them aged. I don't think, I don't, I don't think he was cute at the time. When the other ones were alive, he was not the cute one. Yeah. Uh, and then he, now he's. I mean, he's probably cuter now than he was back then. I got a terrible <laughs> joke for you. Ready? John Lennon, that guy, he didn't age well <laughs> because he died. Oof. Yeah, that's that's fucking. Uh, I I thought about there. making that's a joke edgy. saying that the dead. Uh. Of more than forty years dead body of John Lennon is cuter than Paul McCartney, but I'm not going to make that joke. They're definitely all. I've decided I won't make that joke. They're definitely all cuter than Ringo. Um, I think uh, his post Beatles, he he, uh, when he got a little more style to him, I think. Really? Well, he's got those sunglasses and his little little scruff beard. I think he's a cutie. I I would. He sort of looks like uh, a little bit of a less uh, degraded form of Phil Spector. Phil Spector. Oh, Phil Spector was, like, not great looking. <laughs> okay, I believe you. For some reason, Ringo, Phil Spector, and oh, um, I just uh, Googled them. Roman Polanski all have the same vibe in my mind. But probably Ringo doesn't deserve to be put in that group because Phil Spector and... Uh, was Phil is Phil Spector canceled? What is he canceled in a Roman Polanski kind of way? Uh, Phil Spector was uh, I, I think he shot somebody, right? Or he shot somebody? Oh, uh, I'm on his. Yeah, he. Uh, I I just saw it convicted for the 2003 murder of actress Lana Clarkson. Yeah, and he was also kind of fucked up. I mean, like a lot of like really creative people are very fucked up, but uh, I mean Phil Spector. Yeah. It, you can't deny his contributions to music, but he was a fucked up dude. And then in the same way 
as Roman Polanski made some some pretty big hits, but uh, he was also quite a fucked up dude, allegedly. Yeah. But uh, I think it's confirmed, <laughs> considering he fled the country. Yeah. And is uh, still fled. Yeah, so definitely fucked up. Yeah. I hope that uh, Paul McCartney doesn't get canceled. I don't think he will. I think he's pretty wholesome. I, I, yeah. Like, I'm worried that when I uh, enjoy someone as a person that they'll get canceled. Yeah, I have the same kind of thing. But I feel like in most cases I'm able to separate the art from the artist. Like, uh, the, the biggest example is in uh, uh, Black Metal, the guy uh, Varg Vikinus, who is like... Um, notorious for having killed one of his bandmates when he was in the black metal band Mayhem. Uh, yeah. And then, like, he was known for, like, burning churches. And then, like, once he got out of prison, he basically became, like, a white nationalist uh, and then got banned from YouTube a whole bunch of times. Uh, and so he's, you know, not the best role model. <laughs> yeah. Suffice to say, he's, uh, he's uh, probably not the best Beatle. Uh, but, um, yeah. but that, that being said, uh, a lot you know of the who's shit the worst beetle, the worst beetle Hitler. Oh. Yeah. Actually, He's you awful. Know what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy fucking couldn't play in time. It's just so disappointing. Yeah. He was like decades early. Oh. And then he like quit that to like make all those shitty paintings. Like it's so disappointing. Why yeah. would the Beatles, the geniuses <laughs> that they are, even let that guy in. I'm glad they replaced him with Ringo. <laughs> yeah. Ringo, it's, it's a lot to say, but Ringo was a step up from Hitler. <laughs> you could quote us on that. <laughs> he was not even a little bit cute, though. Not even a little. Uh, yeah. Uh, that mustache. Yeah. Awful. Although, although I would say that that mustache probably came became infamous because of hitler although I, i'm not sure why that must mustache was ever in style in the weimar republic it just you know it looks terrible <laughs> yeah it's awful yeah little patch like what the fuck yeah uh speaking of awful uh did you have anything to talk about <laughs> <laughs> that was that a hell of a transition, transition with, and my self-esteem ruined. I wanted to talk like very quickly about a piece of like, oh, oh my God. So just try to stay awake with me for a while. This okay, might be I'll important try. to some people, okay? This is why I'm talking Will about Will I be game. one of those people? It's not to uh, commit murder by boring you all to death. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be murder. It'd be like uh, uh, spree killing because if I would, there's at least like three people listening to it, but it, it wouldn't be like a massacre or anything like that because not a lot of people yeah. listen to this. But anyway, uh, yeah. beyond all of that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Music Modernization Act, which was recently passed. Um, it was actually signed into law in 2018. I say recently, not because this is necessarily a new piece of legislation, but because I'm actually just recently finding out about it. And also it's relevant to things that I've already talked about on the podcast, particularly relating to... Uh, copyright in music, right? Yeah. I, I, I glanced the Wikipedia link that you sent. Uh, all I know is it has to do with the music copyrights and streaming services and shit like that. Exactly, yes. It does have to do with those things. So as we've discussed in the past, I think it was particularly in our podcast where we talked about Tidal. 
uh, music streaming services are kind of notorious for withholding co uh, copyright fees for their musicians. Um, not necessarily willingly withholding them, but just because uh, they don't, they're not efficient in paying out uh, uh, mechanical copyright. Mechanical copyright, as I might have mentioned before, but it bears repeating, is copyright specifically for reproducing a piece of music. So uh, if you have written the composition for a piece of music, you also are entitled to the copyright to say, I, I don't want this reproduced by another person. Like if somebody makes a cover, technically you're using their copyright. That's mm -hmm. why covers get flagged on YouTube by the content ID system. Uh, yeah. But in this particular case, uh, what the Music Modernization Act has done is kind of created a, a third party where you can actually register your stuff uh, for a mechanical license. Mm -hmm. Now, technically, there, it's faced some criticisms because now it creates a, an artificial barrier where artists have to register their own shit for stuff that they are legally entitled to, and technically they've already have to do that for performing rights anyway, like we talked with can, uh, can I, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. So, so uh, if, is the point of that service, like say uh, I registered um, my hit song, Science Fiction Future, yeah. for the mechanical copyright stuff, is that so other people are allowed to make a cover of it? Yes. Or so if someone does make a cover of it, I get notified or it gets flagged and then they give me money. A cover or copies, right? Uh, so technically <clears throat> when you do a cover of something, you're technically making a copy of the composition. You're not yeah. making a copy of the recording necessarily. But also this covers like downloads as well. This is why DMCA is a big thing, right? Because DMCA yeah. makes you... Uh, creates a little more restriction as far as copies being made. I think in DMCA, you're actually, once you have purchased a piece of music, you're actually entitled to create a few different copies of it. But the more copies of it that you create, the more legally liable you are if those copies get like promulgated. Like if they actually get like, if you sell them, then you're in deep shit. Or like if, you know, you've put them up on YouTube and shit, then, you know, you could be in deep shit as well. Uh, but, you know, it, it varies based on circumstance, right? So mm -hmm. what this does, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that I feel that Canada will probably follow suit. This is a United States law, um, yeah. and it was, you know, signed into law, like I said, in 2018, but I feel like Canada will probably follow suit because a lot of Canadian artists use the same streaming platforms. And if they're also having their royalties withheld because there's not an efficient way of paying them out, then I feel that there will either be like a SOCAN to the ASCAP of this equivalent, or mm -hmm. uh, it'll just be the same service. Like uh, Canadian artists will be able to register their music with this uh, you know, federal agency, I guess you could say, uh, that um, like pays out mechanical royalties. But I feel like in all likelihood, there will be a Canadian equivalent because copyright law in Canada is not the ex exact same thing as copyright in the United States. Yeah, and it sounds like it'll be a real pain in the ass cap. Okay. <laughs> all right, you got that in. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so proud of that. All right. You have good, no idea. Good on you, mate. Thanks for thanks for uh, not making that too dry because that was uh, 
a pretty dry segment. Yeah, I I I, I try to like put it in terms that my mother could understand. Like that's kind of I, I'm serious. Like that's kind of the approach I have when it's something that's very like uh, either industry heavy or like uh, musical uh, theory ish heavy. True. It's like if my mother can understand this, then that means we have a good podcast. Yeah. So what I like to do, I mean, I try to. Uh, provide enough context as possible but i know that some of these topics are pretty dry the only reason i say it is because i feel as though if musicians are listening to us they should probably they could actually get some benefit this is why i like to tell people about socan is because you're you know you're potentially missing out on a whole different revenue stream i mean depending on how popular your music is right yeah um yeah like you've been talking about socan for years and then it was only (laughs) until after this podcast was like you know several episodes deep that you heard it i go up to people on the street and say (laughs) have you registered for socan and they and then some some smart asses go no have you and (laughs) that causes me to look inward (laughs) uh (laughs) have you actually received any uh compensation from socan yet Fuck no. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I don't even know if any. I registered properly. Like I'm sign, like I'm, like in terms of signing papers and shit. But like I registered my shit, and it's like, how is it supposed to know? Like, how does it know what Dead Roaches is? Like, it didn't ask me to like send a file of the songs. It didn't ask me to send a link to where it exists. For all they know, I could have made up a fake album, which isn't a bad idea. Uh, and then just you know it it seems like it didn't i uh, you know i don't understand the process enough or something well platforms have databases right so the youtube for example has the content id database and it has to check it with the socan database right so if you have a copyright registered what youtube allows you to do is that it allows you to say oh well, this is you know copyright usually like it's your publisher doing this so technically if you're a con like a creator of something and you've registered a copyright with it, it'll say, Oh, this person's using your shit and then you can monetize it. Right. Well, so. well, like if I go into Google and I type the dead roaches, my shit isn't even the first thing that comes up. It's yeah. probably like some roach extermination shit. Yeah. So it's like, how are they supposed to know that, that I'm the dead roaches guy? Well, they're not using a, any kind of database like this particularly was created for things like radio stations i actually think that these services are really like ill-equipped for the streaming generation because what radio stations are supposed to do is they're supposed to pay socan directly for operating like it's one of their operating costs right and then socan looks at the percentage of you know airtime that you get and then pays you accordingly for your performing rights royalties right Well, well what about like uh soundcloud and shit like that do they pay anything for uh socan and shit uh i think so they they probably have to i i would say but so then shouldn't their database uh, their database should be in the fucking socan system yeah well then it's their fault that my hundred plays on the Dead Roaches album isn't making shit. Yeah. That could have translated to like four pennies. I think they pay you at the end of the, the half of the year anyway, like the financial half. So you, we probably haven't even gotten to that point yet. So it'd probably be like the new So when we're financial do, doing this podcast in a year from now and I still haven't been paid, you, you're going to reimburse me on uh, SoCan's behalf? 
Well, so the amount of money that you would make right off now. of the amount of money that you would make off of a hundred plays probably doesn't exist. Like it's like yeah. point point five percent of a penny. So if then you, round up. You know, round if you really penny. Want, <laughs> if you really want me to, I can e transfer you that right now. I can e transfer you like two pennies if you want. It's like one yen at that point. Like yeah. you send me one yen. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, but the I'll take it. Shit. Yeah. I think the yuan is worth like more though, isn't it? Well, my point was that like rather than sending me like a percent of a percent of a cent, yeah. you'd send me one yen. <laughs> I could say one yen. It's it's like paying you but with aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, uh speaking of making this podcast more enjoyable for my mother. Uh, I listened to uh, the latest Bruce Springsteen album. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. Because I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of episodes ago, uh, and then I didn't listen to it before last episode. Um, and then I'm, I listened to it this morning while I was doing dishes, which is the best way to listen to a lot of albums, I've found, is while you're doing dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And I previously said it would be for Joe Pastro Smash, but Bruce Springsteen is way above the Joe Pastro smash threshold. Like he, you know, he's There's no like point a, recommending him cause we know who he is. Right. No, I'm just saying that like he, he's established enough of a career that, uh, it's insulting to put him in a Joe Pastro smash. Like, <laughs> like it's like putting Sir Paul McCartney in Joe Pastro smash. Did like you put Sir Paul McCartney in a Joe Pastro smash when you recommended Ram. No, let's get wrecked nerd. Oh, yeah. That's not Joe. That's not Joe Pass. The, the, oh, yeah, the, sorry. Yeah, I've got the idea of putting a up. pass, a Joe Pass, in the same category as someone that's name starts with Sir is yeah, an sorry, insult. Sorry, sorry. I got the segments confused because I'm an idiot. Continue. You are in fact an idiot. It, is the record good or not? <laughs> Just get down to it. Um, as someone that grew up listening to Bruce Springsteen music, uh, and like I've never been like a hardcore Springsteen fan. Like I, I, I was able to see him perform once uh which was pretty cool um and like it's the sound of my childhood more or less just from hearing it all the time with my mom uh but it is for for the springsteen stands this is a good album if you're someone that this is your first springsteen album i would say you should probably start with born to run uh and i don't know if you've listened to born to run but i would say that's genuinely as someone that's not like the biggest springsteen fan that's probably one of the best albums of all time i would say i would put that in like a ram level of good albums uh born to run uh are you are you asking me if i've listened to it uh i will ask you yeah i don't think i have listened to born to run i think the only spring scene album that i've listened to is nebraska and uh i think i only listened to it because i remember reading a synopsis on it and that was recorded on a a tascam porta studio and i thought oh cool he's going lo-fi so, uh, no, I haven't listened to Borge Run. I know of it, though. Like, it's obviously it's his most well-known yeah. record. But uh, Yeah, I'll, it, I'll it's, it's probably his best work that I'm aware of. But I thought this was, uh, it, it, it felt like uh, it, it was, it felt like he still had it with his band. You know, like it's the E Street Band is his band that he plays with on this one. Like some of his other more recent albums, I think were, 
more or less uh, solo albums. Wait, when you say this one, you're talking about the recently released album, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. What's the album called? Uh, Letter to You. Okay. Uh, and when I hear that title, it makes me think it's like, it's kind of like, you know, for the fans kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're someone that's enjoyed Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, then uh, you would probably enjoy this one. Um, so my memory of listening to Springsteen, which is, like I said before, was probably the totality of it is just listening to Nebraska. Uh, I really like the song. Um, uh, what was it? Fuck. Uh, Atlantic City. I like that song. Is that what the song is called? It's called Atlantic City, right? The one with the chicken man. I couldn't tell you. And they but I the will. I can tell you. Happy birthday to Steven Van Zant from E Street Band, a.k.a. Silvio from The Sopranos. Yeah, legendary. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just Absolute I'm I'm in the Wikipedia rabbit hole, and I clicked on him. It's like, oh yeah, he's in The Sopranos, and it's his birthday today. Hey Tony, what are you doing, man? Huh? Just when I thought I was out, <laughs> they pulled me back in. That's fuck. You're doing a impression of Silvio of Dante the doing impression of Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah. So so confusing. Anyway, half of his dialogue in The Sopranos, which is a show that I'm now watching. Uh, is him doing impressions of Pacino. Sopranos is fucking legendary. I love that show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but got yourself again. <laughs> Sorry, continue. No, that's my summary of the album. I think that if you're someone that's listened to Bruce Springsteen and enjoyed it, you'll like Letter to You. If you're someone that hasn't listened to Bruce Springsteen, listen to Born to Run. Hmm. So I'm going to guess that, that this is not a very modern sounding record, like the record, it, like it, the songs that we're about to talk about. What do you mean? No, I, I'm going to guess that uh, it sounds very much like a Springsteen record, correct? It, yeah, like, there's no like trap. It, it, it sounds the the iconicness of the album. Like when I think of Springsteen, the E Street Band, I'm thinking of like, I uh, you know the 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 saxophone solos and the uh, piano and organ and shit like that and uh you know kind of the energy uh behind Springsteen himself and the band uh like there are parts of the album that sounded like when it got quiet i was expecting to hear like a roaring crowd behind it like it sounded like the energy that he would put into like a live show and he has a lot of energy for live shows okay so Springsteen good yes in general Springsteen good yes well, I'll I'll listen to uh, I'll I'll listen to Born to Run because I, I yeah. acknowledge its importance in music, music. at least in recent yeah. musical history. Uh, you know, if I like it, I'll give the, this more recent album a listen to. Uh, I don't think Springsteen is really like my scene, but uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm like open minded, right? Yeah, like I'm I'm not recommending Letter to You to you. Okay, I'm recommending, <laughs> and this isn't even Get Wrecked Nerd, but I'm wrecking to you. Uh, uh, Born to Run because that whether you fuck with Springsteen or not that is probably one of the best albums ever in my opinion I'm trying to think of uh, uh, the uh, alcoholic version is called Born to Rum okay (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) okay let's just let's continue yeah (laughs) let's get beyond that let's try to forget that Shall we get into Joe Pass and or Joe Smash? Um, yeah, let's do some Joe Pass, Joe Smash. 
All right. Don't pass or don't smash. Uh, so I picked these three songs for Joe Pass, Joe Smash. Uh, first one, we got an, uh, a hit new Billie Eilish uh, original called Therefore I Am. Uh, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. Did you want to expand on that or no? <laughs> you just you just liked it? Yeah. Um, so I, I, the, I, I thought it was good. Um, uh, lyrically... Uh, it's it uh, it's maybe not uh, as much like I like didn't like it as much as the previous one uh, my future but I thought that it I mean still a strong uh, writing and lyrics as well as musicianly uh, I really like the bass in the uh, composition it sounds very like uh, a lot of good energy in there uh, and uh, her brother Phineas who writes all the music and stuff uh, he hits it out of the park once again. Uh, and the, the, some of the stuff they did with the vocals, I thought was really cool. I uh, like some of the harmonizing with itself kind of stuff. And then there was one part where she's almost like saying the lyrics sarcastically in yeah, a way. Living. Yeah. Yeah. That it kind of, uh, it, 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 it added a, a fun kind of style to it, but yeah, I really liked it. I, I, I wasn't thrilled with the video of it. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, I don't know if you watched the video behind it. I actually did not. I watched a non-video version. I think the, the I just watched the one that you put up on yeah. the drive. Yeah, I, I put like one in there uh, without the video. The video was, it was fine. It was her running around an empty uh, uh, shopping mall uh, to the song. But there were parts of the video where it was kind of like uh, silence for more than 30 seconds in between verses kind of thing where she's doing something in the video, which is like, well, if I want to listen to a song, I don't want to listen to a, you know, a two and a half minute song in five minutes. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think it, it's stronger as a song rather than a video experience. Yeah. So I listened to the song as well. Um, I'm, I, I would say I'm a fan of Billie Eilish, her career. Yeah. Several of her songs are just straight up Joe Smashes, and also some of the best songs of uh, either this year or last year as well. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, I think this song is actually very much reminiscent of her first album, uh, mm -hmm. which is called When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Uh, and it kind of has that kind of brooding, uh, more whispered quality to it, uh, but almost kind of invoking a kind of like bad guy kind of persona, obviously referencing, you know, bad guy, which yeah. is her you know, biggest song. It's very much in that similar vein. And I, and like you, um, I, I really like the baseline. It's has a very mm -hmm. hooky quality to it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not as enthusiastic about the song as you are, because unlike a lot of people who were very enthusiastic about when we fall asleep, where do we go? I didn't like the album in its totality. Um, mm -hmm. There were tracks off it that, that I thought were just like great, like deeper cuts. But overall, I would say it's the songs that have come after her debut album that I have like really enjoyed. Like I would say that she's very much a singles artist. Uh, the like as a in totality, like her debut album just like just didn't do it for me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, 
I think this song is like it's uh, it has that kind of like attitude that she invoked on her past songs, but uh, uh, I I thought it was like mostly just kind of boring to be honest with you, uh, mm-hmm. but still like, better than a lot of pop that you hear. And I like the musical devices that they employ, like the use of the ad libbing and kind of like going off uh, of the rhythm scheme a little bit and kind yeah. of. Uh, you know, introducing almost a more of like a spoken word part of it. And mm-hmm. obviously, um, uh, the, her brother Phineas, uh, uh, likes to do a lot of like layered vocals in order to kind of, uh, thicken the texture of the vocals, which, uh, is kind of like a staple of Billie Eilish since a lot of the stuff that she does is spoken either at a whisper or almost like more of like a spoken level of dynamics. Right. It's, uh, yeah. she doesn't, uh, you know, do like, you know, grandiose belted, uh, sections. Right. But, uh, no, I thought overall the song was good. I wouldn't say I loved it. I would, I would give it like a soft Joe smash. Okay. <clears throat> and I don't I know why it, she I... decided to invoke, uh, uh, Rene Descartes, like just abruptly in the <laughs> song, uh, which was very much a song about like, uh, uh, not being someone's man. And then just like suddenly, putting in like you know existential questions into it but oh, well that's weird but anyway. I, I yeah i lyrically i didn't think it was my favorite but yeah i would give it a, i would give it a hard joe smash i, th- I liked the hookiness of it okay uh, and i'm someone that didn't listen to billy eilish's earlier stuff like i know the song bad guy just from mm-hmm. being everywhere and then i listened to the my future song that came out a couple months ago uh, and then I guess I've heard the James Bond song that she did. And that's pretty much my extent of Billie Eilish. But I enjoyed it. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I lo- I really liked the James Bond song. I really liked My Future a- and the video. Like, I thought both of those, yeah. like, <clears throat> blended together perfectly. And then uh, my favorite song of hers is uh, uh, Everything I Wanted. But, uh, yeah, good record. I mean, like, I'm still going to pay attention to what... Uh, uh, Billy Eilish comes out with, but uh, yeah, just a soft show s- smash for me. Yeah. So next up on the list, we have a new song from Lil Nas X, m- miniaturized Nas the Tenth, uh, called Holiday. Another minor trap vassal. Yes. Yeah. I. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun song. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if you watched the video as well, but uh, he's got some fun videos when he has new songs come out. Uh-huh. Uh, just kind of like over the top of like, uh, kind of just, I guess, weird narrative-y videos. Like, I'm thinking of Old Town Road, but he had a couple other ones since then. Um, that said, this song is not an Old Town Road. Uh-huh. Uh but I, I like Lil Nas X as a person, whereas like when he has a new thing come out, I'm like, yeah, you, you did it, man. He's my boy. Absolutely. Yeah. He's I, in fact my boy. I pretty much feel the exact same way. I would say that the thing about Old Town Road is that it had such a lightning in a bottle quality that it's yeah. like a you know, Sisyphean task to try and like surmount yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you just can't. Like you can't outgrow it like you know have, yeah. do you know any psy song after gangnam style no right because yes uh, i do he did that one uh gentleman or something like that mother father gentleman motherfucker gentleman what 
Uh, it's a song by oh, Psy. Okay. I don't know what, what you want me to tell you. It's a song. He did it. It does exist. You asked a question and I answered it. I thought he did. He I, has I a song. He did like a hardcore punk song called like Motherfucker Gentleman or something. No, like that. he. It had the line Mother Father. Oh, because father. it was. Yeah, it was, and it's supposed to sound like Motherfucker oh. because of his uh, Korean language. I'm guessing it probably only got one billion likes on. Yeah. YouTube. <laughs> I mean, of like it did 17 billion or whatever. It did well, but it didn't do Gangnam Style well. Yeah, fair enough. But that's the same thing with Lil Nas, Lil yeah. Nas X. Yeah, he's so never gonna say, have uh, Old Town Road. Yeah, and um, I think he probably knows it. Like he's he's aware yeah. of it. He just uh, he, his songs like don't have a, a very kind of serious quality to them. Like they're like they're very I, I will fun. say, yeah. someone who should be a one hit wonder, he's still like he's making stuff that's better than most of the stuff that we listen on joe pastor yeah. smash yeah yeah although i would say that this is probably of the three songs that we have set for joe pastor smash this is probably the weakest but that's yeah, only because i, I do will like say that, the yeah. other ones i'm gonna give it a joe's pass but more of an optimistic joe pass like uh you know i like this kid yeah i, I will give uh i'll give him the middle joe meh yeah, uh, that isn't an official ranking, but I'll give Lil Nas X as a human being that like I w- I want him on the podcast. Like I'll give him a Joe Smash. Fair enough. Um, so our final of the three is the latest Ariana Grande thirty four plus thirty five. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice title. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> obligatory asmr nice yeah nice. i liked the. i actually liked this song i liked it Me too. Uh, I, it's actually really good yeah it's better than so i'm not sure okay i have a little bit of a story to tell you uh when i used it's to it's just so funny that we like an ariana grande song like not ironically but it's like that's a fucking good song no no she, she makes some good shit i mean the, yeah. the thing about ariana grande songs is that they are very much Ariana Grande songs. Like yes, they have that yes. idiosyncratic quality to them. You I, I only know like right one other away. song. I only know the, uh, I think it's thank you next. And it very much yeah. reminded me of that one. Yeah. So I actually have a little bit of a story. <laughs> yeah. Go for <laughs> about it. Man. Ariana Grande. So, uh, at my last job, I used to work in construction. I guess you could say I used to, you know, pull cable. And because of that, I was working like all over Ottawa, like, we were never in one fixed location for a long period of time. And because of that, the buses was just like a terrible method of getting around. So I used to take Uber or Lyft. And I think in this case, I had a Lyft driver who always used to be awake when I had to go to work, which was could be extremely early in the morning, like 5.30 a.m., something mm-hmm. stupid like that. He was always the only guy awake, and he was always in my neighborhood. Uh, and so basically every morning... We would go to like the the site that I was supposed to be working at, or I would probably just go to the shop, like if I was getting a lift. But whatever. Um, and every morning, we would not speak at all, and he would listen to the exact same Ariana Grande record. And oh. to be completely honest with you, I did not know what record was at this top at the top of my head. But there would be times where. I would uh, either not take an Uber. There would be, uh, you know, a gap between shifts where I would have to take a lift or something like that. 
But without fail, every every morning that I called a lift and it was like extremely ridiculously early in the morning, he would be the guy that would show up and he would be listening to the exact same album. And oh. we would never like he was not like much of a conversationalist. Like I don't really initiate conversations in Ubers or Lyfts. Yeah. Uh, I just like to kind of sit and, you know, if they initiate a conversation, then I will reciprocate. But overall, I don't really engage. But so I got to know the style of Ariana Grande very well. <laughs> and you know what? I, I think that it's, it's nice. Like it's uh, mm-hmm. sophisticated, it's sometimes very minimal. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, you know, neo R&B, right? Like it's, that's, that's her shtick. Hmm. And I feel like she replicates that formula with minor deviations every time. This is like maybe the most minorest of deviations, but still like it's, it's a distinct track at least because, yeah. um, I think there's a, probably a lot more sexual innuendo if you can call it innuendo or just like overt reference in this yeah. song. Uh, I thought the ending was absolutely hilarious where he just says like, it means I want a 69 with you. Uh, I, like yeah. in case like you didn't already know, like, yeah. in case you were absolutely oblivious to what she was talking <laughs> about. Um, there's like a lot more like explicit lyrics in this one. And I'm not sure if this mm-hmm. is like emerged from the phenomenon of WAP where there's just yeah. a lot more overt, uh, explicit Yeah. I was going to say that we are now in the post WAP world. Yeah. And I'm and I'm all for it. Uh, we stand a sexually empowered musician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm no fan of uh, you know sexual innuendo because like I feel like you've heard it all before. Uh, but uh, you know I, I think that it's refreshing at least, or at least it will be for a little while until it starts to get tired. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's fine. It's you know as long as it works within the context of the song, and in this case, it does. So that's pretty much all I have to say. This is probably the song uh, in Joe Pastro Smash that I liked the most because I either mm-hmm. wasn't a fan of the other tracks. I, I liked all three of those of these tracks that we've discussed thus far, but I actually have to say I like this one uh, the most uh, just yeah. because uh, I I think that the the time and effort put into the uh, wordplay and the production and particularly with the video. Um, if you can, you know, judge that as part of the song as well, uh, have all been uh, quite good and then quite enjoyable. So I give it a uh, just a regular Joe Smash, not yeah, hard, I, not soft, just regular. I'll, I'll give it a hard Joe Smash. Of the three, it's the one I listen to the most, uh, followed by the Billie Eilish one and then Lil Nas. I would give Ariana yeah. Grande a hard smash, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean. What? Are you kidding me? You know what I mean. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so aggressive. I, I was playing the part of the person that didn't understand it was a sexual song of Ariana oh, Grande. Okay. What is 34 plus 35? Oh, so you're just like on a different layer of irony. I'm the person that didn't get the song until the last line. Yeah. When she said, like, oh, nice. And that elevated the entire. But I will not objectify a musician by Joe smashing them. I will Joe smash them based on the quality of music. Even though I objectified Lil Nas X giving him a Joe smash because I thought he was a cool dude. Okay, whatever. But I smashed <laughs> I the track. I, I've totally lost track of uh, what the ethic or what the ethics of uh, Joe smashing. Some I, I'm not <laughs> smashing. the. I, I was making a joke that I wasn't judging her 
based on who she is, but I literally did that with Lil Nas X by giving his personality a Joe Smash. Okay. Um, I'm sure uh, uh, Ariana Grande uh, has a great, you know, personality. <laughs> no, we're judging her music. We're not judging her personality. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not. I'm saying, right, that I'm sure her personality is great, but uh, but it's I irrelevant. Love... <laughs> I'm sure it's great. It's just irrelevant. Uh, it's irrelevant to everything that we've discussed this far because uh, you know I'm sure this song is definitely not about her personality. <laughs> yeah, but maybe it is. Maybe maybe I, it's a sapiosexual song. Yeah. I but to be fair, we did we meant. did objectify every Beatle at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. We objectified everyone except Ariana Grande. And we didn't objectify Billie Eilish. We've degraded to the level of a tabloid podcast. How how yeah. sad is that? <laughs> who's who's the cutest Beatle? <laughs> Number six will surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners have voted. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have a few, like, I, I could do probably a get wrecked and one small uh, SoundCloud shout out um, if you think uh, I, we could. Yeah, I will forgo my get wrecked nerd because I talked a lot about Springsteen. So to sum up, listen to Born to Run if you don't know Springsteen. If you do know Springsteen, listen to Letter to You. Very cool. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what i wanted to do was recommend a uh, a local artist which uh you know i do try to do i try to shout out a local artist um in this case this is not a local local artist that has had you know very little success this is an artist that has had some success in the scene that they are a part of um I have actually talked about this record with you uh, in our past conversation logs on Facebook. Um, the album is called Woodfall by Muskox. Uh, Muskox, uh, originally a solo artist uh, uh, who goes by the name Nathaniel LaRochette, or who that is his name. He doesn't go by that name, but I guess he also goes by that name since that's his given name. Anyway, uh, in this case, uh, the album... Uh, is actually just not him uh, exclusively, but rather him and several other musicians as well. Um, he is backed by Evan Runge, I, I believe I'm pronouncing uh, Runge, uh, on the violin, and Raphael Weinroth-Brown on cello, uh, who is somebody that I um, know, vi and not don't know him, but I know like friends of friends of him. So these are actually people that I... You know him um, by reputation. Yeah, I have like... Uh, one degree of separation with. Um, in this particular case, I know Raphael because he uh, worked with uh, a guy named uh, Corey who runs Pebble Studios here in Ottawa. Um, and uh, I don't really know anybody who knows uh, Nathaniel LaRouchette, but um, uh, yeah, I just, I found his music because I was just like looking up local music. And um, uh, this album is a uh, kind of chamber folk record, I guess you could say. Um, they're kind of long, kind of drawn-out compositions, um, very much uh, kind of neoclassical or neo-folk, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, instead of just being uh, a song, they are kind of compositions that have structure to them. Uh, you'll have sections that kind of abruptly end or kind of uh, 
end with a little more fluidity into another section. Uh, there's five tracks altogether, and I think the album uh, clocks in on just a little over one hour. Uh, it's fantastic. I've actually listened to it several times, and I highly recommend it. Um, my favorite track is probably part five, which is called Serenade the Constellations. It begins with a really cool uh, part where both string players are playing harmonics, uh, and the guitar is just uh, um, just playing some chords. It kind of like builds very gradually in almost like a almost like a post rock esque composition. But overall, uh, I just wanted to recommend Woodfall by Muskox. Nice. I will probably listen to that album. Yeah, yeah. Give it a. I mean, if you're ever in the, it's uh, requires a, a little bit of a time commitment. It does kind of clock over the one hour. Uh, Benchmark well, next time I do record. dishes, maybe I'll throw it on. It's a dishes record, yeah. Yeah, but an but an epic dishes record. The best ones are. Yeah. So this past week, I uh, uh, in our last podcast, I issued a challenge, uh, and that challenge was called the Waterloo Challenge, and that is a reference to when me and Aiden uh, lived together in Waterloo, and uh, I had become a maniac of writing music on a daily basis. Uh, and in my memory, I did that for weeks. In reality, I think I only did it for nine days uh, because of my uh, mental breakdown that happened in the middle of uh, that album. Which is why we commemorate this particular time. <laughs> yes. Uh, the point of the Waterloo Challenge is to try and like be uh, actively creative uh, in tribute to and in spite of those times. Yes. Um, and I uh, issued the challenge of uh, creating something in that nine-day window of November 19th to November 21st. And the hardcore mode was to make a track every single day. And I'm happy to announce that I am hardcore because I live hardcore. And I did all nine tracks, baby. Well, I guess you could say the legend of my rent was too hardcore because I uh, worked... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nine to five and i'm usually <laughs> fucking uh exhausted by the end of the day and i have no creative energy which is kind of sad because you know music is something that i really like to do but i haven't uh you know i i just can't get my shit together really um yeah so and, and what's worse about it is uh earlier today you had the audacity to ask me if uh, making something today would count as the Waterloo Challenge, and that's why your initial banishment uh, was issued. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> it was something that I had written during the course of the Waterloo yeah, Challenge. Yeah, but it's not a challenge if you did it the rec- next day. <laughs> what do you mean? It, that's okay, not, I wrote it during the Waterloo Challenge. I just didn't record it. I just didn't Yeah, and actually- that's not the point. The point is it's, the, it's a challenge because it's challenging. It was too challenging for All you, right. so you didn't do it. I, I just <laughs> that was asked the point you of it. whether it was fair if I could do that. And I answered with a banishment. <laughs> <laughs> the very question insults me. Yeah. Okay, well, so... I uh, mean, you can still write the song, and I'll listen to it, and yeah. we can talk about it on a future episode, but it's not part of the challenge. Yeah, so I actually... I did write and create three tracks one of them is lost i don't know where it went so technically <laughs> did you in, send it in to actuality me? um no i don't think i sent oh. it to you and i think i lost the logic project so the log proj it, it's uh, as if so, it never existed yeah so i it it wasn't that great anyway so um officially i've only done two tracks um one of them is called saraband for guitars 
Uh, it's uh, based on a you know Baroque saraband kind of uh, with an Andalusian cadence. Uh, and uh, there's another one uh, I just called uh, Elegy or something like that, uh, which was another classical guitar composition that I wrote on the 14th of November, uh, which I didn't even know qualified because I totally forgot that this composition existed. I think it's because I wanted to go back and re-record bits, uh, but I didn't feel like it. So I, what I just did was like looped an entire section and then had it fade out. So uh, I think overall- To be fair, I did that for most of mine. Yeah. Well, I saw that most of your tracks were one minute long and yep. I looked at the totality of all of my um, tracks lengths and I think they equaled about uh, just under five minutes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I actually did just more than half of what you did. <laughs> so I, that actually makes me. Kind I will of, say, a, a lot of mine were cut specifically to be one minute. Like I could have made each song like a two to three minute thing, but because um, uh, I uploaded, I didn't want to upload them to SoundCloud. So I uploaded them to Instagram, and I know that. I guess you can do a more than one minute video on Instagram, but then it's in like that IGTV bullshit thing. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted like, okay, I could make it one minute and then it'll appear in the regular feed of Instagram. And then, uh, cause I find that people are never, at least people in my social medias are never going to listen or never going to click a SoundCloud link nine days in a row. So it's easier if it just is something that's already in whatever platform they're seeing it on. Yeah, so my, my, my tracks were very much Aiden Clare-esque tracks. Uh, I thought your tracks were awesome, though. Uh, especially the last Thanks. one you did it has a really cool um, yeah. kind of d- dream pop-esque quality, which I mentioned. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say that I wasn't really successful at the hardcore mode. I still tried to live up to the challenge, and I was probably, on average, throughout the week, more creative than I have been over the past several months. Look, so, man, The Legend of the Rent was way hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was happy with how most of them turned out. Uh, a couple of them in particular are ones that I'll probably revisit in an expanded version for an album. Like a few of them I can picture as something for the, the dead roaches follow up. And then the, the last one, like you mentioned, the dream poppy one, I would like to make into a full song. Maybe not something for the fake mustaches album, but for either as a standalone thing or as a different album altogether. Yeah, one of the silver linings of this for me was that at least it gave me some tracks that I can expand upon in the future and uh, potentially make into an album. I've been wanting to do a classical guitar album for quite some time, and I haven't been in in the mood until recently. So I think Sarabond for guitars, uh, maybe Elegy, although it sounds like really similar to Sarabond for guitars. And then I also did like a, a waltz type thing, like way earlier on in the summer. So at least I have like three or four tracks that I can make into like a guitar EP or something like that. Because what yeah, I've it, been it, wanting it, to do uh, is because uh, I, I've been wanting to go out and do street performances on, on the guitar for a little while. And I always thought it'd be cool if I could like have a CD or something like that to sell yeah. if so, if anybody was interested in that kind of thing. But uh, so it'd be cool to have some at least well done, well rehearsed and well recorded tracks to potentially put on that record. Yeah, I, I would look forward to listening to that, assuming you don't lose the Lodge Prodge or those <laughs> tracks are banished. Hey, 
I have a rate of losing lodge projects of one in three. So that means that if I create like 10 tracks, I'm going to have like 6.3 tracks or 6.6 tracks. Yeah, Sorry. Man. Well, honestly, I've, I've told you already of my hard drive failure troubles. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a potential that I lost some stuff. Yeah. And I'm afraid to like look for specific things to find out that they're lost. Yeah, that that would be saddening. Like I, I haven't used the hard drive since. Uh and the software that I'm using can find the files, uh, but not the free version. <laughs> so mm. I've just got this hard drive that I I'm not touching until I can either find a free solution or figure something out. Uh, there's a lot of tracks that I have made in the past that I don't even know if they exist uh, in storage form <laughs> at the moment. There, there were so, tracks that you had written that you asked me if I had. Like yes, Elevator I still Chapter do that. 1. I, it I, was lost to time, I, except I had it. Like one of the ways that I see if a track still exists is if I, uh, I'll go to our chat log and see, yeah. you know, on the right where it shows like all the files that we've sent. I'll look yeah. through that or I will search for the uh, title of the track. But I, there are some that uh, so far I haven't been able to find in our chat logs. So I will have to go and browse through my entire backup, you know, directory to see if they still exist, which, you know, is totally fucking arduous and probably I won't even have the patience to do knowing me. Yeah. Knowing yeah, me, probably not. Knowing you. Uh, and my tracks can be found on my Bandcamp page, samdow.bandcamp.com. Uh, and I've decided that if you did want to own those tracks and bought that album, uh, that funding will not go to the Lordship Fund. It will go to, uh, to several mental health projects that I'm involved with called Crazy Talk and Mind Your Plate, which are things that I've put a lot of my time and working into uh and the the that money buying that album will go towards that and uh i would appreciate it but you don't have to you can just listen to it and then like if you're someone that makes shit make your own shit even though it's not a challenge but i am challenging you anyways which is not in the official like you, you, you i will uh postpone any banishments if you decide to make anything creative in general, not just you, Aiden, but everyone. A most noble cause indeed, my liege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mine, my tracks, uh, I've only have one posted right now, but I will have have both of them posted on my SoundCloud account, which is just soundcloud.com slash Aiden Claire. Uh, I think you'll, if you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably uh, already be on my account anyway. So Yeah, if you're listening on SoundCloud. Both will be up there. Maybe I'll make a set of them. Uh, but those tracks will be reworked later, and then they'll be published on an album. So stay tuned for that shit. Thank you for listening to this episode. This has been this podcast. The podcast where Sam Down and Aiden Claire talk about music and the music world and everything that's spinning in the world. And I have been Sam Dow. And I'm Aiden Claire. And you will spin again next time hell yeah brother, brother.